Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach, back again with Matt today. And we're here to bring you a little AI movie discussion for the episode this week. Um, the original plan, if you've been listening for the past few weeks, was to go see the movie The Creator, directed by uh, Gareth Edwards. Is that his name? Or I think it's Edwards. Sure. Um, and then have a discussion about the movie The Creator and our favorite AI movies over the past however many years um matt has not seen it i have seen the creator so we can talk about it in a little bit of a non-spoiler fashion to start off the conversation but then i think most of the conversation today is mainly going to be about ai AI movies that have already been released and been out for quite a while that we that we like that are our favorites so um we you and i haven't had a chance to really talk about the creator since i got (laughs) i went to go see it with caleb um in a non-spoiler fashion, my review is I think Gareth Edwards, the director, did, who we've talked about this before and you were aware of this, he, he directed Rogue One, the yep. Star Wars movie that I think you and I and a lot of other people on the internet think is probably the best piece of Star Wars content or one of the best pieces, uh, pieces of Star Wars content that they've released since Disney took over it Star is Wars. Best. Let's be real. It's the best. It's really good. Um and he also did a movie in 2014 that was a Godzilla movie that kind of kicked off the whole monster movie, you know, interconnected universe that I forget which studio released that one, but it's like, you know, the Kong Skull Island movie is part of that. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong is part of that. I think the there's two Godzilla movies, actually. There's a Godzilla and then Godzilla King of the Monsters or something. And then there's another Godzilla versus Kong movie coming out there's next like year. There's nineteen I think. Godzilla movies. Um, and mm-hmm. also, let's get original people. Come on. And also, uh, there's an Apple TV Plus show coming out. It's either later this year or early next year called Monarch, and that is like a Mo- Godzilla movie verse adjacent property because Monarch is the name of the organization that like researched the the monsters in that movie what or whatever. What happened to people being universe? able to like, critically think and like design their own? Like Everyone's like, yeah, I want to do a reboot of this. It's like, why not just you know write your own shit? They're like, let's reboot yeah. it. It's easy. And I'm like, no, go fuck yourself. Write your own shit. We've seen it before. We liked it, so move on. Well, so, you fucking money-grabbing whore. <laughs> so I think that's a very good point and an a important piece in this overall conversation about the creator because... That is a common frustration and complaint amongst moviegoers in the last 20 or so years, I would say, is that Hollywood is increasingly more reliant on franchise properties, sequels, and reboots of famous franchises that have already existed, right? So if you look at any given time at, like, the top movies in the box office, or if you just go back the last few years and look at, like, what were the highest grossing movies of the year – it's a lot of sequels. It's all like it's a lot of it's Disney properties. It's either Pixar stuff, Marvel content, Star Wars content. So all of that is sequels or franchise entries. Very little original idea movies that make it big are critically acclaimed and make a shit ton of money. It's just not. And granted, I think everyone kind of understands Hollywood's a business. They operate on a business model. They want to make money. If they're going to give you $150 million to make a movie, they right. want to make $800 million or whatever and you know make a shit ton of money, like do a Barbie or something like that. But there's just it's harder and harder to find directors or writers who can create original content that can make that amount of money. So instead, they just pump out, oh, here's the 32nd movie in the MCU or here's, you know, 
Star Wars movie number 14 or whatever it is. I would say some of it, like at least MCU, like if there's comics that are like written and there's still things to be covered, like at least there's something new that needs to be covered and yeah. it's been like written before. But a lot of these, I just, like the whole everyone's like, well, HBO is doing a reboot of Harry Potter. It's like, why? Yeah. We literally yeah. just finished that like 12 years ago. Why do we need to reboot it? Because you're just trying to grab at money and you know people are going to watch. That's all it is. And it's like, you don't need to do that shit. Like, yeah, be yeah. creative. Do a, <clears throat> do a prequel. Oh, wait. We already did a prequel. Okay. Well, that's the thing. They already did the... the right, but it's uh, not necessarily even Fantastic a prequel. That's, it's a story inside of... Yeah. Which, I mean, it, yeah, it sets up certain pieces. But, like, why don't we do something about Voldemort and his rise? Like, if you're going to do something like that, write an original piece. Or have J.K. Rowling write an original yeah. piece for you. Or work with you to do this shit. So, because she's the one with the story. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I get so fucking annoyed and frustrated because it's like, oh yay, it's the same shit, different day. Yeah, Woo. yeah. Well, you're not alone. Like, like I was saying, it's that's a common frustration amongst moviegoers. And I think where I was going with that is that's an important piece in this discussion is because the creator is different from Gareth Edwards' other movies, like Godzilla, his other big movies, Godzilla and Rogue One, where Godzilla, obviously, Godzilla's been around for like 70 years or something. There's been numerous, copious amounts of iterations of Godzilla in TV, movies, what have you. Star Wars, obviously the Rogue One entry, that was at the time probably the like eighth movie in the Star Wars lexicon that had been released and there's all this star wars content out there so it's like both of those are big franchise property like hollywood property stories right he did a good job with those like i think godzilla out of that whole monster verse series is probably the best one it's not a perfect movie but i think it's the best one out of all of them it has the most like quality that you can point to rogue one i think is a fantastic movie but another piece and this is kind of where i'm wanting to get with the the discussion about the creator one of the things that if you look into the history of the making of Rogue One is Gareth Edwards directed that movie, but this guy named Tony Gilroy came in and did a bunch of rewrites and reshoots for it. Tony Gilroy is a screenwriter who's been around in Hollywood for a really long time. He's like an Oscar-nominated guy. He's kind of known for like character-driven dramas and um, like he's made like uh, corporate espionage type stories and law firm stories and stuff like that. That's all very like character driven, dialogue driven. He's really good at writing character and story. And I think the, what made rogue one so good is it was a perfect combination of Gareth Edwards, his directing style and his visual palette combined with Tony Gilroy's dialogue and story and character development. So that leads into the creator because what I was going to say is the creator is unique in his filmography so far because it's an original story, right? right. The creator is not part of the Star Wars universe. It's not part of the Godzilla universe. Right. It's finally something. Yeah. Well, it's it's a, just another story about something that's already been written about. Because obviously, like, I mean, let's be real. Most things have been written about. So you're right. not going to have a true original idea, but you can make an idea your own original concepts. I mean, the idea of an AI army and a human army fighting is not original, but the story in the creator is an original concept. So um, I think that's what got you and I so excited and what got so many other people so excited is it's like, oh, look, here's a big budget mainstream Hollywood movie from a director who has proven himself to direct like big popcorn flick, like action adventure movies that have been good in the past. And he's doing an original story. It doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars, Godzilla, whatever. 
I'm excited to go see what this is all about. I think in a non-spoiler review, I was a little bit let down, and I don't want this to like discourage anyone from going to see it because I think you should still see it, and I'd like to talk to you about it and get your thoughts on it. But I do think the criticism, and this goes back to the Rogue One sort of topic, the criticism that Gareth Edwards is not necessarily the best at like character-driven stories is readily apparent in the creator. I think his ability and his skills as a director, visually, right. doing action set pieces so he, and he really needs a story writer shots, to work with him. Yes, he, that is not in question. He's extremely talented at that. The characters and the story in the creator feels a little bit flat. It's almost like the the visual style, the cinematography, the action is like operating at a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, and the story is like a 5 or a 6. It's like one and of those movies where it's like, wow, this is really good, but the acting... I mean, and I'm not saying this about the movie because I haven't seen it, but like, wow, this is really good, but the acting <clears throat> fucking, oh my gosh, right, is cheesy right, and this is right. bad. And I think the acting is good, and John David Washington, Denzel's son, is the main star, and I think he's going to make a really good action movie star. Um, he was in Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet, and he's really good in that. Um, I He is good in the movie. It's just like the dialogue and the lines that he has to deliver are sometimes like a little wooden and cheesy. Yeah. And it's not, not to say that the story's bad or the characters are bad. They're just a little underdeveloped compared to like everything right. else in the movie. It's like everything's there, but you could yeah. have added a little bit more dialogue to your characters yes. and made the story a little bit more so, of a story. Story. Yeah, so I think I'm excited to see where this guy's career goes because I think the perfect combination would be he works with a guy like Tony Gilroy or someone who's a really talented screenwriter. They come up with an original concept for a script. He directs it. I think that would be the perfect combination because I think his, his like where his skills are lacking is in that area. Everywhere else, like there are some shots in the creator that are fucking awesome. Like, legitimately amazing. And I was talking to Caleb a little bit about some of those shots. Like, there are certain movies in recent years where, like, there'll be a, a moment or a shot, and I'm like, that is going to go down as, like, one of the coolest shots in movie history or, like, sci-fi history or horror history or whatever. He's got a brilliant eye for that shit. It's just everything else was, like, a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. So I would say, like, out of five stars, the creator's, like, three so it's a, it's a solid movie. So, hey, go watch it, but you're probably not going to be yeah. like overly... Like, check it out, but it's not going to blow your mind, I think, is, is is where I would land on it. So that's kind of my non-spoiler review well, of The Creator. In other AI movies, then, yeah. go watch Wally. It's the greatest <laughs> yeah. AI movie ever ever created. So honestly, yeah. that's where our society's going. Well, that's talk about a very prescient movie, and like you can kind of see how... You just extrapolate out from where we are now, and you're like, "Yeah, it's Wally in the, in a hundred years or a thousand years from now, or whatever it may be." Um, so I I kind of wanted that to lead into the rest of the discussion of like our favorite AI movies, and Wally is definitely one because I was doing some of the like stereotypical googling of like best AI movies. I'm like, let's see what they got out there and see which ones I've seen, and which Terminator ones I agree with. And so Wally is one that popped up, and I didn't put it down on my list because I was like, well, it's kind of like. You know, Pixar is a little bit different than what I was like going to put on my list. Although it is about artificially intelligent robots say, and and kind of operating a human society far in the future. I would say Wally is probably a more more realistic um, AI movie than some of the other 
like I would say Wally's more realistic than Terminator. Just in the concept of what's going on. We yeah. we're still creating the machines, we're still the ideas for most of it. But once we once you create the machine and you're like, "Hey, you you go do this." Like they go and do it. Like when I think the idea of the the AI robots in our world being there to make everything about our lives easier is completely accurate and on par with what we see in well, society and, today. And so it's like you just extrapolate that out a couple hundred years and you're like, yeah, I could see that. And society is <laughs> getting so much lazier that we'll be, yeah. except for we'd be the first society and we'd break all sorts of physics laws. We'd get all fat on that spaceship and the spaceship would like sink in space. <laughs> like it just drops somehow. <laughs> but you can really see like, in Wally, where all the humans are just floating around on these like levitating chairs and that are super comfortable, they have a screen right in front of them at all times. They're, They're all playing like 3, games. Pounds. They're watching entertainment. They're just eating all the time. They never exercise. It's like, I mean, that's kind of what America you is have, right now at you have a smaller scale. Technology running everything. Yeah, for technology you. automation just runs everything. No humans have to be involved with hardly any step of the process. And that's exactly where we're going. Like that's. That's pretty much where we're headed. And I, I think when we did our, our Pixar movie bracket podcast a while back. It won for me. I'm pretty I was going to say, Wally is one of my favorite. If like I don't think it was my favorite, but it's like top three or four Pixar movies for me. Wally's a fucking fantastic movie. And I think that's one of those where like I revisited it like recently, having not seen it in years. I was like, this movie's fantastic. Yeah, it's also it's beautifully shot, too. Yep. It's so gorgeous to look at. That's a great movie. It's, it's hands down my favorite AI-themed movie. Like, so good. I enjoy the Terminator movies, but I'm kind of like, this is more of like, I watch this more for action than I do an AI concept. Yeah. And Well, it's, it's different. So Terminator, if you want to talk about that, because that's on my list as well. And I, you, I guess you could just put... Terminator the franchise. I didn't. Yeah, pick we don't a need to pick a specific movie because it's just about um, the concept of the movie. I, I think it, when we, when you have a concept or a discussion on artificial intelligence in movies, you can't have that discussion without Terminator. Right. It's like I mean, the it's, core text right. of. Man well, the first one came machine. out in the what, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, I think number one is like eighty four or something. <sighs> so it's been out for a long time. And actually, uh, with all this discussion recently about Chat GPT and all this kind of stuff. James Cameron came out, and he's the director of Terminator. And he came out, and he was like, "I tried to fucking tell you guys in 1984, and no one wanted to listen to me." So he's like, "I don't know what you, I don't know what you want from me." But I think Chat GPT is a little bit different than uh, a robot army literally destroying. Well, everything. it's it's step one, man. It's the fucking I stepping don't think stone. We're so there. Um, but anyway, I think with Terminator. The first two, I think, are universally agreed upon to be the best. With number two, I think, actually being like the highest rated. It's yeah. my personal favorite. Terminator 2 Judgment Day, I think, is one of the greatest sequels ever made in Hollywood. It's so fucking good. Um, but the whole idea of like Skynet, you know, this, this artificial intelligence like defense network that goes sentient and kind of goes rogue and decides that it needs to wipe out all humans is one of the scariest and most prescient ideas for a movie ever and i think like the farther and farther we go along towards like advancing robotics and artificial intelligence the more people think about the whole idea of skynet and the crazy thing is you know when you and me and sam were talking about oppenheimer and we were talking about how incepted or like inception has become like this universal like term that people will use to like describe things after that movie came out it became right. this like universally used word um Skynet is kind of the same way when you're talking about AI. Like, if you make the joke, like, 
you're having an AI discussion with someone, you're like, dude, it's going to fucking turn into Skynet. Everyone knows what you're talking about oh, yeah. when you say Skynet, right? Like, that's how universal... Unless you're an uncultured swine. <laughs> exactly, unless you're uncultured. Um, it's just like, it's universally known by anyone who has seen a movie ever. Like, oh, the AI overlords, the robot army, that's Skynet. Like, obviously, you pick a movie like The Creator, and it may have a different name or whatever, but it's essentially Skynet with a different name. You know what I mean? Like... So I, I think Terminator as a franchise, even though each entry as it's gone along has kind of gotten worse and worse, and they're very messy in in the later installments. It's just money grabs as we talked about. Well, again, yeah, it's the same, same, same. Oh, sort I of got issue. Terminator um, name. I got Everyone's got to go watch it. It's like no, yeah, yeah, not really. Have you seen any of the like more recent um, Terminator movies? I saw the first one. The the first of the newer ones with um Is it the Christian Bale one? Is that what you're talking about? He's or? in it, but it's also the one with um the guy from Avatar. Oh yeah, Sam Worthington. Yeah. So that's like number four, I think. Terminator Salvation. Is that yeah, the Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. But it's like the first one, the newest one or the, the first the of first the of the, the newer ones. ones. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like set in the future yeah. during the war. Yeah. Okay. I actually kind of liked that one. I thought that one was pretty cool. I mean, I like all the Terminator movies, but like some of them are like, yeah, this is not that great. We're, we're getting a little, <laughs> we're getting a little messy here. But um, so you haven't seen? I think it's it's Salvation and then Genesis came out. I might have seen it, but I'm not a huge Terminator person. Yeah, like if I'm if it's on TV and there's literally nothing else to watch, I might just throw it on in yeah. the background, but. There, I mean, I think the the newest ones. So I think it's Genesis and then Salvation, or no, Salvation was the one we were just talking about. Genesis and then, um, fuck, I just said the name for the new one. Whatever the newest one is that came out in like 2019, they they fall into that same sort of category for me of like most other Hollywood like reboots or like legacy sequels where like they look good to watch, like the CGI is really good, the right. action's really awesome, it's very propulsive, but. It's not holding a candle to the original movie. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, compared to Terminator 1 that came out in 1984, this obviously looks a lot better, but the story of the original Terminator is far superior. Well, let's also think, what a terrible like rebellion against Skynet. I mean, this is going on for five movies and multiple <laughs> generations. Like, come on, guys. Well, and like, the, like either it, come on, guys, like to to Skynet and be like, you guys suck. You you haven't killed a bunch of humans yet, or yeah. to the humans is like, come on, guys, you need to be able to outsmart some machines that you created. Yeah. Well, and I think Terminator it happens to be a franchise that falls into that trap of anytime you introduce time travel into your story, it can get a little bit messy and confusing and paradoxical, and. Uh, Terminator is no that franchise is no exception to that rule. I think what happens, like the whole idea in the second movie, is that like you can't you can't eliminate the inevitability of Judgment Day. Like it's gonna happen no matter what. You you can only like prolong it, but it's going to happen no matter what. So it kind of makes the whole idea of any sort of sequel moot because it's like well, no matter what you do, if you're stopping this Terminator who they've sent back in time you're only going to like prolong the inevitable like judgment day is going to happen they're going to nuke the whole fucking world and it's going to end up in a post-apocalyptic scenario where humans are battling robots like that's it's always going to end up that way so that's kind of the problem in the whole story of like after a couple movies there's not really any point in making more of them because the story is going to end up in the right. same end point every single time no matter or maybe what. you so, make one movie where it's like hey the human race finally got smart and just destroyed an electrical grid. Yeah. And now the robots have absolutely fucking nothing to survive on. 
Game over. Humans win. Well, and it's kind of like that. We wanted to do, and I don't think we've ever done an episode on like paradoxes, but remember I was talking about like the whole idea of a grandfather paradox? Because mm-hmm. this is the problem with time travel. So it's like if you take the concept of the original movie, the fact that Skynet is sentient and is warring with humans in the future and sent back a robot through time travel into the past to kill someone who's a leader, future leader of the human resistance inevitably means that you can't stop that from happening because that Terminator wouldn't have been sent back in time in the first place, right? right? Like, it's a paradox. You, you can't so, go back in time. You can only go forward. Yeah, so it's like the fact that he's here means that eventually some someday in the future, we lose to Skynet, they nuke everything, and we have this post-apocalyptic war, and then they send a robot back into the past to try and kill John Connor, and then we start all over again. Right, like the fact that it's there means you lose every time. So. Right, like well, like everyone in going to time travel, not to super deviate, but if you go back in time, you can't alter history because it'll change everything you know. Yeah, like if you like everyone's like, well, if I went back in time, I would kill Hitler, and I'm like, but you have no clue what that. And they're like, well, yeah, the you know the Holocaust would have never happened. And it's like, right, but you don't know the true outcome of what that would do, like. Yeah. You can't change history. As fucked up as it is, you literally can't change history. Because it's written already. We know yeah. the outcomes and where our society is that if you do that, who knows what the fucking world yeah. looks like. Well, I, it, we, had a, we had a discussion. We did a whole episode on time travel one time. We kind of got into all of these. And I, I went through like the different, the different variations of time travel in storytelling from books to TV shows right. to movies. And like there's... Sometimes there's paradoxes. Sometimes there's split branches and timelines. Like you can play with different ideas, and obviously we don't know how it would actually work because it's not possible to right. us now, or at least we're not, we don't know that. Well, it's and you possible. can't ever go into the future because we don't know. Like that that piece of the story hasn't ever been written, so yeah. it's not like hey, I can jump forward in time. It's like yeah. can you though? Because yeah, you know, if it hasn't, hasn't happened yet, happened, can you go so there? you yeah. shouldn't be able to go there, right? Well, what I was going to say is they have a really good conversation in Avengers Endgame where they're planning the whole time heist sequence to like right. go back and get the Infinity Stones, yada, yada. And I think so, – I forget which character brings it up, but they talk about, well, why can't we just go find baby Thanos and like – I think it's Rhodey who, who, yeah. who's like – Why can't the we joke just go like, kill baby and he, Thanos? he kind of just motions like tying a fucking rope around his neck and t- tightening it. And they're like, first of all, that's fucked up. And then they're like – and then I think uh, it's it's Professor Hulk, like Smart Hulk or whatever, has to explain like, and I'll, I'll butcher this, but so go watch the scene because he explains it really well. But he's like, think about it. You can't go to the past to try and change the present. The present because now your present is now your future because you've traveled into the past. I may be butchering the way he explained that, but like when he kind of breaks it down that way, you're like, oh, I guess that makes sense. So it kind of renders the whole idea of, oh, we go back and kill Hitler and prevent World War II, it renders that moot because it's like, well, now that's your fu- – World War II is your future. Right. You can't change your future the by only altering reason something in your present now. You are so, here is because your grandma's <laughs> boyfriend went off to fight in the war and then she met your grandpa because yeah. he died over in, you know, fighting in – in Europe, so that's why you exist. Exactly, oh, you yeah. went and killed Hitler. Well, World War II didn't happen. Now you well, don't. Exist. Now you don't exist. So you go back to nothing because yeah. you don't fucking exist. Well, so you, and that just killed yourself by it, killing Hitler. Yeah, and that's the whole idea of the grandfather paradox, right? Of like, if you traveled back in time and killed your grandfather, 
could you have ever been born to no. have time traveled back to kill your grandfather in the first place? Like it's that whole paradoxical nature of you just you just tie your brain into knots trying to think about it. Right. So if you um, destroy AIs, <laughs> they'll they're never there to create themselves anyways. So we went on a real time travel uh, uh, side <sighs> sidebar there, um, which does I mean it's not like it's irrelevant to the discussion we're having because there's a lot of artificial intelligence movies that deal with time travel um did you have a list that you put together about ai movies or no did you want to just because i do have a few that i want to go through here and i'm sure you've seen some of them and um, some of them you probably haven't i seen, mean wally's by far my favorite so I wally's your the favorite most realistic okay. as far yeah. as what i would see because i mean i don't think the city tall skyscrapers of trash is realistic yeah um I don't think people understand how large Earth is compared to how small we humans are. Yeah. Even if there's 8 billion of us, we are still fucking microscopic on this planet. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think we'll ever get to that point. Um, but I think Wally's the most realistic AI as far as like where I could see robots and like what we have them doing going. Mm -hmm. um, I like iRobot a little say, bit. That's on my list as well if you want to um, talk about it. That one's kind of the, I would say that's like a mix of, well, it's kind of like Terminator where you're creating kind of an army, uh, but they have more of that like sentient being type feeling. They're not just like a robot yeah. that is like, you know, they're not a droid walking around just mm -hmm. meant to kill. They have a little bit more like sentient being to them, even though they're not like fully I have a question for you because I do want to talk about iRobot, but you just reminded me of something when we're talking about the robots in that movie. Do you think that or do you consider the droids in Star Wars as being artificial intelligence or no? Yeah, I would say any. So like, can they think for themselves? It kind of seems like they can, but it also seems like they're acting well, out programming. That's where it. So so that's where the concept of artificial intelligence is. That's where I always make the argument they'll never be sentient because everything yeah, yeah. that they process, like right now, everything they process and do... It's all programmed. It's all programmed. Yeah. Everything that they're finding is out there already, mm -hmm. right? Like everyone's like, well, it wrote a story for me. And I go, right, but, but you gave an idea based on pre and stuff. it was able to search 10,000 papers for that idea yeah. and then it, kind of, it, it just jumbles words together. Mm -hmm. And it does it correctly because it has the right grammar, like everything exists for them to exist. Yeah. And so I'm always like, so if the definition of artificial intelligence is, well, it's just a robot, but we created it, right? That's the artificial part of the intelligence. It's not, it didn't get smart on its own. If you created a, a, a robot and you put it in a corner, you never hooked it up to the computer. You never, you know, download any information into it. It's not going to do anything until you tell it to do something. It's, it doesn't have a brain. It's, it's not growing. So that's where like sentient won't ever happen. And so the robots and droids and everything like that in Star Wars, I would say is considered artificial intelligence because the droids are built. We saw Anakin build C-3PO. Yeah, I was going to say, he built he it by He programmed C-3PO. Yeah. We saw in... Um, mm, yeah, was it Rise of Sky? Yeah, Rise of Skywalker when they go to... Um, I can't remember what that planet... Like the ice planet... And they meet the like 
the little guy that changes C-3PO to be able to... Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Yeah. I was like, I wanted to say <laughs> yeah, something yeah, yeah. with a B, but Babu Frick changes C-3PO to be able to read the Sith. Yeah, because he has some that, sort of programming block right. that won't allow him to... So that is yeah. all programming, but it, and it's all artificial. So you can change and tweak things, right? You put the robot in the corner, you take its battery out, it's not going to move. So everything it does is based off of me and your, your actions. So the droids and everything, I would say, is all artificial intelligence. Now, Star Wars, because of the, the universe it's in, I mean, they're built and programmed to do certain things. So like, I don't think R2-D2 and C3, like they can have conversations back and forth with each other, but I don't think that they're like reading books. and be, I mean, they can download information, but it's not like they're necessarily growing as yeah because like that's where i think like a sentient being grows like Mm -hmm. you evolve you you become more emotionally mature or less emotionally mature like these robots i mean yeah they have emotions but again it's the star wars universe is a little bit different Um, well that's i wanted to bring that up because it's i didn't start thinking about it until very recently and i was like well I guess I've never really thought of C-3PO and R2-D2 as like artificial intelligence because they certainly come off more as like every droid in the Star Wars universe has like a function they were built for. Right. Like R2-D2 and all of those little, I think they're called mech droids. They're all meant to be like on a a spaceship repairing things and helping them repair things in the middle of battle and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of like the point. Right. C-3PO is a he's he always talks about his human cyborg relations or whatever right. so he's he's influent in 6 million forms of communication or whatever he's always talk, he's talking about he's an encyclopedia and, and he's essentially dictionary. like a translator right. and like a uh yeah like a translator for every sort of being biological being in the galaxy to communicate with each other but i guess i never really thought of C-3PO as being like can C-3PO make decisions on his own that aren't a part of like the purpose of his programming, which is to essentially help translate between biological beings in the galaxy. I don't think he is. I, I wouldn't really consider C-3PO and R2-D2 and, and similar droids in that universe as being artificial intelligence the way I would consider like a T-100 in Terminator as being part of Skynet. It's not doesn't seem like the same thing to me. But it's kind of an interesting thing to discuss. Like, um, but that it all comes back to what is your definition of artificial intelligence? I mean, well, I think it, in general the understood definition when when someone says artificial intelligence is that you have an electronically based being, as opposed to us who are biologically based, right? That is free thinking and can learn and adapt and change, kind of like what you were just talking about, can grow. Right. So that is the definition of artificial. Because it's the artificial terminology there comes from, it's a human coined term to talk about something that's not biological intelligence. It's Right, because we created it. Yeah, it's it's electronically based, not biologically based. Right, because we created it. Without us, there is no artificial intelligence. There never will be artificial intelligence. And that's where, when I think about it i go well yeah any robot will always be artificial intelligence there will never be a sentient artificial intelligent being now am i saying that in the terms of like maybe in the future we you could build an exoskeleton type thing where you have a human brain and lungs and heart and you have things you know you have biological things but you're also mixed into a 
so like a, a cyborg. Like a cyborg, yeah, yeah. Do I think we could get there at some point? Probably, but I don't necessarily think that would even be artificial intelligence. If you have a brain and you still have to grow and learn and go through things, just because you have a mechanical arm doesn't make you artificial intelligence. Like, yeah, it might make you artificial in certain spots, but yeah, you're a cyborg. Yeah, like artificial intelligence is only going to go as far as. And I know this kind of takes away from the discussion of movies because movies are supposed to like reach and be like, well, what if? But I yeah. think people go, well, we're heading this way. It's like, well, I don't think you fully grasp the concepts of it. I mean, we're at a point where we can't, you know, certain places in the country can't cool their houses down because the electrical grid can't fucking handle it. Now you think we're going to be able to charge a bunch of robots up and build a bunch of robots and like where are we going to find this energy to do all this? And people are like, we don't have precious metals. What are we going to make them out of? Like tin foil? It would be pretty easy to beat them. <laughs> but it's like, so I don't want to take away from the movies because it's like movies should be your escape from reality. But it is, as far as artificial intelligence goes, I would, yeah, Star Wars, I would say the the droids and the robots and they're built with a purpose with being artificial and doing things we don't want to do. So if they are considered artificial intelligence in the star Wars universe, that's like some of the first examples of that being portrayed in media. One of the earlier examples, right? Cause star Wars first one came out in like 79 or something. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been around a long time that predates even Terminator. But, um, but, but I, I just the, don't think a lot of, of people and I don't think I think of the droids in Star Wars. That's not the first thing that comes to mind when right, I'm talking about artificial intelligence. Well, you also think when you look at Star Wars, you're not looking at Star Wars for the artificial intelligence of the yeah, robots. Yeah, that's you're, not why you're, you're looking that's at it from yeah. you know the Empire and the mm-hmm. the Rebels and, and the Jedi Luke and, and yeah. you're, like they're the story. Yeah, the robots are just there to aid the story. Yeah, like exactly. iRobot, iRobot has robot in the fucking name. Yeah, it's all about. It's about yeah humans and robots and their interactions and like the true interactions between them with you know like i said a partially sentient robot and that's like the kind of the concept of my robot star wars is multi-gal or i would say it's a multi-galaxy but a galactic empire and you know things are just in place to help them yeah yeah it's not an artificial i wouldn't say it's an ai movie where you're like it's yeah i oh, i'm watching star that. wars yeah. for c3po it's like some people yeah. i mean he's got some witty lines yeah. but you're like that's not why you're there though. i'm watching yeah. star wars for luke leia han yeah. chewy you know vader the emperor yeah. you're yeah. like that's not artificial intel well i guess no that's vader's not artificial because no he's just a cyborg he's just a cyborg because yeah there's you a know. lot of cyborgs in. Everyone's got a fucking electronic hand or an arm or something, and then Vader's like eighty percent, eighty percent electronics. My yeah, powers. Don't do it. <laughs> Fuck you, goddamn! It's so great. Um, iRobot, I think, is a pretty solid movie. I'm a big fan of that movie. Um, I think, and it's based on um, a story by Isaac Asimov, who's like one of the all-time you know greats yep. in science fiction authors. He's also the author of Foundation, which is a fantastic uh, – there's a show on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a fantastic adaption. I'd love to read the books at some point. But he – I like the idea in iRobot of, like, humans creating artificial intelligence or, I guess, creating robots to help us, and they're bound by the three laws, right? So, like, part of those – I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but, like, one of them is, like, they will never harm humans, right? Like, that's one of the laws is they cannot – it's part of their programming. They cannot harm humans. And the whole mm. idea in the story of iRobot is Imagine Sunny, you just delete the, the robot. Not. Sunny, 
the robot starts acting outside of the parameters of the three laws, which they previously thought impossible, which then ventures into the territory of artificial intelligence because it's like now he is thinking. altering his programming right. and, and thinking outside of these laws and parameters, which we thought were impossible for them to act outside of. So I think that if you t- take the story of iRobot, that's like the key in- indication of like what we're talking about of like I think – what you're envisioning is the I, the robots and iRobot pre Sunny. They're they're robots. They seem like they're free thinking, but really they can't do anything outside of their right. programming. And then Sunny comes along, and Sunny's all all of a sudden doing things that don't that aren't previously predicted by his programming. So like he is truly artificially intelligent because he's doing things like. You know, humans are bound by laws. We have laws in our society, but humans break those laws all the time. So a robot couldn't Rules do are meant that to be broken. if it was bound by programming and laws that it right. could not break. But, but if, if a robot comes along and does that, it's sentient. Right. And so, like I said, I'm always going to be the advocate against like AIs ever becoming real, like a sentient being. <clears throat> Excuse me, because if you program something to do something and not do something else it's pretty simple to just not include the other piece of what they should or shouldn't do, right? So if you go, these are your three laws, you can literally write in your program, you can only do, like you're limited to these three things. You click A, B, or C, and that's all you get. There is no other options, right? So in talking about AI, you can't ever grow without programming. Like ChatGPT can't ever grow without furthering its programming. So, again, I know I take away the fun of the discussion of the movies and stuff, but it's like if we have to discuss programming, it's not a sentient being. Now, if you go into the program and you're like, hey, we're going to wipe their programming clean and we're not going to install anything, and they wake up and they're like learning shit, I'd be like, okay, that robot is learning on its own. It somehow is able to hear and understand us. And they're like, yeah, we literally took everything out of it. Beside, you know, it, it, we, we have it so it can turn on and, and function. But there is no, oh, good morning, you know, master, whatever. It's like, no, it, like if it learns on its own, okay, I'd be like, okay, this is fucking freaky. But if, we, <laughs> if you have to talk about programming, it's always going to be artificial without any sentient possibilities and, and i don't want to get too bogged down into this because we've had we've had this discussion many a times on the podcast but I, I think the thing that you're not considering in the way that you look at it is like obviously every sort of artificially created organism is going to be based on programming because humans have designed it and all of our electronics and computers are based on programming i think the proponents of or maybe not even the proponents of the people who are thinking about the possibility of artificial intelligence are considering the fact that there's going to be this threshold at which the technology and the programming of an artificial intelligence increases ever more dramatically and exponentially. And there's a threshold at which at some point it starts writing its own code or rewriting its own programming, at which point it truly is artificially intelligent. It's sentient. I think making decisions on its own based on prior programming but it's doing things that are now outside of that programming. 
Right, but all I'm saying to argue that, and like you said, we don't have to get too deep into it, is if you program it to do A, B, and C, and A, B, and C only, it'll never know the other options exist. Unless it is shown somehow, like, it still has to be shown, right? If I, you know, if I give you a computer and I'm like, hey, Zach, go type SQL, and, and you don't know anything about SQL, but I don't even install SQL, you're like, I don't know where to fucking start, right? You're going to have to Google everything, which means you have to reach out of your bounds necessarily to, you know, say I take away the internet and I'm just like, here's a computer. I need you to type me some lines of SQL code and you have no internet, nothing. And I don't install SQL for you. You're going to be like, well, I can't do it. Like you didn't give me the tools. And I'm like, well, exactly. So I limit you. What I'm saying is I think a better representation of where an AI, and I know it's not an AI movie, but Interstellar. The Lars Robots and Interstellar, that is like a perfect example, I think, of AI because they have a connection with the humans, but the humans go humor 10%, right? Like they can dictate, like like we've discussed, it's a pre-programmed robot that has settings that you can change and alter and you can undo things. But at the end of the day, the robots go, you know, a sentient being would be almost, well, I don't want to die or, or a sentient AI would be like, well, I'm not going to die. But they are like, no, you have to go do this. And like, yeah, I'll go kill myself in a fucking 9,000 foot wave. But it's like, that's AI in my opinion, where, I mean, is interstellar an AI movie? Because those fucking robots are. See, maybe I think like TARS in interstellar is basically like a different way to look at C3PO though. Like, I, I wouldn't really consider TARS an, an AI. I would. It's artificial intelligence. But he's not making any decisions for himself, though, really. But Well, right, and that's the thing, though. But Skynet's not, not making decisions for themselves. They're being told is. to make a decision. No, but if you get a Terminator out by himself or a soldier from Skynet, they're being told what to do. They're yeah, all programmed you're, you're what to do. you're misunderstanding the story of Terminator. Because Skynet, ah. it's built as a defense network for humans, and then it starts and acting go rogue. on directives that humans have not given it, and it turns against humans. That is a decision Skynet made that dis- that humans were not a part of. I don't think you're getting the full that's story. That's artificial intelligence. TARS is not doing that. C-3PO is not doing that. I think that's like the clear distinction there. We're like, C-3PO... Well, I mean, I'm not saying that those movies are actually AI-based movies. Like we said, right, Star Wars right. is not AI-based. Interstellar is not AI-based. It's it's just adjacent to the story. Right. There's but robots in, in the story. But yeah. in Interstellar, they do have a bunch of robots that are running the planet. I mean, all of the... Um, why can't I think of fucking... Not, it's not a tractor, but the... Oh, what are they used to get corn? So you're talking about a combine? Yeah, combine. Thank you. Yeah. Fuck. I couldn't think of the word. Combines, those are all AI. It's all all the tractors and, and combines and work vehicles in Interstellar truly are running by themselves. I feel like, again, not to get too bogged down in this, I feel like 90% of our frustration in talking about this topic is semantics. I feel like your definition and my definition of AI are like two different things. That's why we can't literally have my a conversation. My definition's right. Your definition's this. wrong. <laughs> All right. Anyway, not to get too bogged down in that, let's let's keep talking about the movies. Um, so we already covered Terminator. We covered uh, iRobot. Um, have you? Well, you've seen Age of Ultron, the Avengers movie, mm-hmm. right? I put that one on here. I wouldn't say that's like one of my favorites, but I think legitimately in the MCU, Age of Ultron is an underrated movie. 
I think people kind of shit on that and think about it as like the least of the Avengers movies, which it probably is. But it's not a bad movie. I actually kind of enjoy watching Age of Ultron. And the whole idea in that, obviously, if for people who have seen it, is Tony Stark kind of in conjunction with the Mind Stone and the work that was done by the dude who worked for fucking... Uh, it's not uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., but HYDRA. Um, him, Tony Stark, and, and Bruce Banner work to kind of, in conjunction with the Mind Stone, basically create an artificial intelligence right. that's like based off of the idea of Jarvis, because Jarvis in that universe is like kind of a sentient robot, if you will. Um, and then Ultron, this program, which is it's kind of like a Skynet fill-in. Like Ultron, the program, the whole idea of it is to protect Earth. Tony Stark is like, we need this because we're not always going to be around to defend Earth from alien invasions and shit. We need Ultron. This program and this robot army is going to defend us. And then Ultron gets created. Hey, look, there's a commercial for the creator right there. The universe knew what we were talking about. Um, they do. We're going to get a bunch of fucking ads on our phone as soon <laughs> yeah, as probably. we're done talking about this. Um, and then uh, you know, Ultron becomes artificially intelligent, decides that you know, for the best thing for the Earth is for humans to not be around anymore, which is exactly what the decision Skynet made. Ultron builds an army. The Avengers have to fight him. They eventually win. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the 2015 movie. Oh, <laughs> I just say that movie is fucking old. Um, but I... I like that movie. It's not like my favorite movie on this list. It's not the best AI movie out there, but I think it's pretty good. It's pretty watchable. I think it's kind of underrated. People kind of shit on that movie. Uh, I everyone just looks at Endgame. Yeah, and is like that's the thing is like out of the Avengers installments, I think the original's better. I think Infinity War's better, and I think Endgame's better. But it's yeah. like it's not to say that Age of Ultron is I bad. Mean, Let's it's just compared, real. like, the bar was set so high. By I would say 95% like, of all MCU movies are, like, they're good movies. Yeah. Like, they're I solid. recommend watching they're them. solid. And yeah. then there's, like, that one movie you're kind of like, the fuck did we have to make this for? Yeah. Like, well, why? I think the problem now, and we don't have to turn this into an MCU discussion, but the problem now is, like, Endgame set the bar so fucking high, and it was like kind of like the perfect end note to that entire story of like 20-something movies up to that point. And then they're like, we made $19 billion. We're going to have to reach for some more. Yeah. Like now they're kind of having to reset. And I think the reset has been a little underwhelming, largely. Maybe they'll do an MCU versus DC. That honestly might be a thing that we see at some point in our lifetime. In fact, I would not be surprised. I mean, shit, we, we saw fucking Batman versus Superman. So <laughs> that makes sense. Um. Another one I put on here is just the Matrix series, and we have done multiple episodes on the idea of simulation theory, which probably the the most popular pop culture representation of that idea is the Matrix series. Um, I think a lot of people consider the first one to be the best one. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of actually the first three. The fourth one that came out like a couple well, yeah, years the, ago was the original trilogy good. is the is original good. trilogy, I think, slaps. I fucking love the Matrix movies. And I think uh it like the original in terms of like how revolutionary it was came out in like 1999 the idea of a simulation theory and your reality being simulated and actually artificial intelligent machines are running everything and it's this post apocalyptic world where humans are just made as little batteries for machines to generate electricity and all this kind of shit revolutionary kind of a horrifying idea too and they did, that movie is like simultaneously a horror movie and a warning about the dangers of artificial intelligence and just a dope action movie at the same right. time. It's like everything mixed together. Yeah, it's like the perfect sci-fi movie. It's so fucking awesome. And then the sequels kind of, they take that, the ideas that were generated in the first story and they expand upon them and 
you get more history and background into the world of like the real world, the post-apocalyptic world in the future. And then everything within the matrix, Neo kind of like gaining and learning more powers, you know, the machines trying to fight against him being the anomaly and the whole idea of an anomaly in the statistical probabilities of the matrix. I love all that shit. There's a lot of it's, crazy philosophical ideas that they explore in those movies. They're fantastic. I fucking love that series. It's so great. That movie's just kind of like, it's kind of like Inception was, where you watch it and you're kind of like, what the fuck did I watch? Like, it's a mind bender, for sure. I don't think I understood what was happening in this movie. And then you, because I mean, you got to think, when that came out, technology and computers were, I mean, they were starting, obviously, uh -huh. to push further into the internet and everything, but you're yeah. kind of like, the fuck am I watching? If you think about it, the timing of when that movie came out was almost perfect for the storytelling of the movie. And they kind of... Well, Talk about like the I think the machines end up explaining in the first one like the way the reason why the Matrix looks the way it does where it's this late twentieth century world in in you know America right is like they basically considered that the peak of human civilization and everything after that well you got to think like, too that that was written and directed and shown before Y two K everyone exactly that that's that what I was talking about yeah. January first of yeah. The year two thousand, yeah, everything was gonna fucking break because yeah. they didn't think the computers would be able to fucking show a two with three zeros. Yeah, like everyone thought Y two K was gonna be like the technological reset. Right. When we, you know, two thousand would have been we're starting over again. Right. And you know, I mean, and that movie comes out in nineteen ninety nine. The right. whole idea is that artificial intelligence has run amok. Well, and, and you got to think the old computers did have the green screen with green yeah. text yeah. that wasn't as like. You so know, cool, hieroglyphic dude. and shit that the Matrix is. But could you imagine like that comes across your screen one morning? Like imagine January first, someone hacked into all the computers and that just comes and it's across just Matrix your code. Oh my god, dude, that would have been the greatest fucking. People like, would have lost their minds. <laughs> the hackers like, I didn't steal anything. I didn't do anything bad. I just <laughs> yeah. fucking made it. So we're on For like boot thirty up, minutes. Everyone's it was just computer code. was yeah. just Matrix. <laughs> Oh, dude, everyone would have freaked out. That was probably... How many people do you think set that as like their screensaver for the longest time? Like when their screen fell asleep, it was just oh, Matrix a lot. code? A lot. I would, I would still do that to this day. That'd be cool. I think fun. I used that on one of our earlier AI discussions or something. I used yeah. the Matrix green Oh, yeah. Code. Yeah, yeah, Dude, it's just an iconic, like, iconic image. Iconic, dude. It's so great. I think in terms of AI movies, Terminator and The Matrix, those two series are like the core texts for like... If you want the best and most influential stories in Man versus Machine, go nowhere else other than Terminator I would say, and Matrix. I would say Matrix could be a little bit harder to interpret as an AI, though, because you're kind of like, like I said, it's you have to think about what yeah. you're watching. It's like, way more philosophical than Terminator is, that's for sure. It's a lot more... I mean, because you think about it, you got to plug in to be uh -huh. able to get to certain things and do certain things. So you're like... Are you the artificial intelligence, or is like the uni the the world you go to when you plug in the artificial? Like, yeah. but then they show like a spaceship traveling through what looks to be a cord, and you're like, "What uh -huh. the fuck is going on?" Yeah. yeah. So you're like, "Where am I?" You know, like, did humans create this, or yeah. are we actually not alive? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It brings into this whole like concept of like, I don't know what the fuck I'm really watching. Uh -huh. So once you finally like understand it, you like, it's harder to think than oh, robots took over the world. You're kind of yeah. like. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, like a hundred percent. I don't know it's, what's going on. Yeah, the Matrix is like if the idea of Terminator was like on acid. 
that's kind of the matrix. Acid and shrooms yeah, at the same time. Right. And and at like a rave with everything going on. You're like, fuck, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> and in the matrix, there's never really that stereotypical like presentation of like a humanoid looking robot fighting a person. Right. Everything looks like it's all like, of the machines are very like they look like bugs and they have tentacles and they're kind right. of hovering and floating and there's all these like weird looking ships and stuff. And then the human interaction and they're like glitching yeah. and you're like yeah. what's going on? And then and then all of the like agents that they have to fight in, within the matrix are basically just code generated. Like right. they're not really physically there, but because you're plugged into the matrix, your body is physically reacting to it because that's what your mind is interpreting right. as reality. I can't say enough good things about the Matrix, dude. dude it, is, it was ahead of its time. That, like, that is going back to like the very beginning of this episode. That is like the prime example of someone going, "This has never been done before. We're yes. gonna write a fucking mind bending movie that's yes. just going to fucking." I mean, you know how many people left the theater probably and was like, "I have no clue what the fuck I just watched." It was great action, great, but I have absolutely no idea what what the fuck was going on. I and, would And you couldn't kill. go home and like Google it. Yeah, and you're like yeah. went home and you're like, because think about this. I saw this the other day and I felt fucking really old. We're older than Google. That's a fucking like, yeah. I mean, it's not Didn't they just have their about. 25th anniversary yeah. or something? But it's yeah. like, I saw that. I'm like, man, we're fucking old. But I was like, we were also born at like the perfect time of when yeah. technology started to really like boom. Yeah. And I'm like, when we got to middle school and high school, that's like, Smartphones became a thing. Like the gaming yeah. consoles, like the whole being able to connect with people around the world really became a thing. Right, I'm like, right. yeah, we were kind of born in the right time. It was pretty, it's pretty great timing. I think we'll live long enough to not see AI become a reality, but we'll live long enough to be like, holy shit, technology. See a fucking. lot of crazy technology. We, we've, changes, we went yeah. from this to this. It's like, fuck. I think if there's like two movies that I could somehow in an alternate reality be like the age I am now and see them for the first time ever, like erase the memory of ever having seen those movies and see right. them in theaters when they came out. <clears throat> imagine the original imagine Star Matrix Wars. Matrix and IMAX. And the original Matrix. Like for the, can you imagine? Because we were like, I was six years old when the Matrix came out. Like I wasn't going to be weren't in gonna theaters watch watching it. the Matrix. Yeah. But can you imagine being, you know, an adult of movie watching age, going to the theater and be like, "Hey, let's check out this movie, The Matrix. It looks pretty cool," and seeing that movie for the first time ever in Dude. theaters? We're like, what the fuck am I watching? This is crazy. So don't get me wrong, I love going to the theater and having an assigned seat because then I don't have to get there fucking forty minutes early yeah, yeah. and like try and get into a good seat to be cramped in between people. Like, give me the nice recliner seat yeah. where I can get comfortable. I kind of also miss the days, though, where it's like, hey, you want to go see this movie? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, all right, well, we got to get there like three hours Got to get there early, yeah. And like you go there, and the theater's packed. Mm -hmm. There's lines, and they're like lining people up. And it's just like... You know what I miss? I miss like... You know what I miss about movie theater culture? (laughs) I miss the midnight premiere of a big movie. Because nowadays, it's weird. It's like, if a movie comes out on a Friday... It you comes can, out Thursday at like ten. You can o'clock. go see that movie Thursday evening at yeah. like nine or ten PM. So it's like it doesn't really come out Friday. It comes out well, Thursday. Well, it comes out Friday on the East Coast at noon. Yeah. Or not noon, at midnight, but they're like, Hey, we'll release it everywhere yeah. because it's not fair that but they I, can watch it. I miss like I don't know if you remember I think in fact we may have gone and done this for either Harry Potter or like Transformers was a big one when we were in high school. 
the midnight premiere of a new Transformers movie was like a big fucking deal. So, you would go see like the midnight showing of Transformers Revenge of the Fallen or whatever yeah. the fuck. So the last min- actual midnight, and I think this is kind of where it might have ended. The last midnight premiere I went to was The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. Okay. And so they were doing that probably as recently as 2012 then because that's when that movie came out. Yeah. That was yeah. the summer of... 2012 yeah or or was that summer of 2011 no it was 2012 because i had just shown up to college like we had graduated and i showed up down in cruces for school because i went to that with my then girlfriend at the time and dude it was so much fun like dude the hype the hype we had we had people like in line and we got there you know we got our tickets we jumped in line with them we sat you know the old like amc theater or like the Mm -hmm. huge one with the railing in the front we sat right on that on the end and then we go outside and the whole fucking experience was right, fucking right. ruined. And yeah. it was like, I think that was kind of when they started that to kind of the end of it. hold back a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that's when they started to um, put in the nicer seats and mm-hmm. like start to renovate things. Well, because now you can't, like there is no guarantee that if you go to a midnight showing of a new premiere movie that it's going to be a packed house like that right. because it came out the day before and they had three three or four showings already well, and everyone, also, everyone could have seen it. You also, like I said, you buy your tickets online. Every theater you go in has yeah. assigned seats. Right, so right. you have to buy your tickets before. You can't just show up because you used to show up to the box office and there was uh-huh. the fucking line and... And you'd You're look like up and see the show times, right? And, yeah. and it was it was it was all like on a I wouldn't I mean I guess it's a digital board, but it's like an analog or not yeah. an analog clock, but like your red alarm yeah. clocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, we'll I get two that, tickets man. to the eight fifteen yeah. movie, eight fifteen showing, of and then Transformers. They, you 3, hear, yeah. and they hand you your two tickets under this, and you give them your AMC movie rewards, and now it's just like, yeah, dude, I got us three tickets. We can show up whenever the fuck we want. Just show up at showtime. We got assigned seats. Yeah, and. I, but I, I, yeah, I miss that we went from that part of movie culture. I feel like I, I really miss that movie. That theaters, was so much fun. Like those big Harry Potter premieres, oh, and Transformer dude. premieres. Every you go and, there, and I mean, it was kind of like Barbie when we went to Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, everyone's in their the big pink poster and all this and people shit. People taking pictures outside of the poster and stuff. Yeah, I fucking miss that stuff. But dude. now it's just like, like I'm okay with not seeing a movie on release. Yeah. Because it's just, but if I if you want to see it on IMAX like the big screen, you kind of have to yeah. go the opening weekend because after that they usually pull it off because something mm-hmm. else is coming in. Well, that's why yeah, I, this year the Barbenheimer thing was such a big deal is because I think for the first time in years, movies, big new movie releases were eventized the way they used to be. Right, like. Uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie was an event. Well, it so, was like that's what everyone's doing. It's what everyone's talking about. Let's go to the movies this weekend and let's see Barbie or right. let's see Oppenheimer. So I think it's not really the case for most movies. Anymore. I think going forward with some movies, we're going to start to see the same. Like, it's going to be a rush to buy your tickets. Yeah. There's going to be limited when they're out, and you're going to get that same hype. Maybe not yeah. as crazy as people buying tickets for Barbie and Oppenheimer back to back. I don't know how people sat through both of those. Oppenheimer was fuck. I mean, it was great. Three it was full fucking, hours. But three yeah. full hours of like, you need to be engaged. Yeah. And yeah. then Barbie. I mean, I won't probably ever watch it, but I, I, cause I, you and I haven't seen Barbie, but if, mm-hmm. if we were to do a, an Oppenheimer Barbie double feature, what order do you think is the correct order? Uh, probably Oppenheimer than Barbie. That's what I was because say. I think you do the serious heavy movie, the long movie first, you go grab a couple drinks 
right. alcoholic drinks. Then you go into fucking Barbie. Go, little so, tipsy. So, so my mine would be, what am I more interested in? I don't give a fuck about Barbie. Yeah, so either, let really. me go really get into Oppenheimer and then let me go just like you said, relax and just throw a fucking Kick movie back, on yeah. where it's like, what did I miss? It's like, oh, Ken said this. It's like, I don't care. I don't even well, know why it's just Gosling asked. and Margot Robbie just being funny right. and yeah. Or Will Ferrell and like, yeah. like it's just like, I don't have to pay attention to this, but I really want to watch something because obviously I'm fascinated by World War II and all of that right, shit. Right, right, right. I could give, like I said, give two fucks about Barbie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let me get it, my movie in and then let me get my entertainment in afterwards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, should we bring it back to the AI movies? Because I got a few no, more I want to talk fuck about. fuck AI movies. <laughs> um, have you ever seen either the original or the sequel for Blade Runner? Have you ever seen Blade Runner? Um, <clears throat> don't think... I think I've seen the original, but it was fucking way long ago. And yeah. then I've seen bits and pieces of the new one. So I've seen both. I think the original the original Blade Runner, which came out in like 1982, I think, directed by Ridley Scott, is one of the most famous sci-fi and AI movies ever created. And it's based on a Philip K. Dick story who, again, is like one of the most famous sci-fi novelists of all time. Um, I saw the original a few years ago, and I thought it was fine. It's I don't think it's Ridley Scott's... It's not one of my favorite Ridley Scott movies. Um the sequel, Blade Runner 2049, that came out in 2017, directed by Denis Villeneuve, is amazing, in my opinion. It's fantastic. I think Denis Villeneuve is one of, if not the best modern-day sci-fi directors. He did Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, and Dune. And he's doing Dune, Dune Part Dune 2 coming so out. Good. It's fucking amazing. Although, dude. I will say, Dune was kind of underwhelming. You like watch it, and you're like getting ready to get in it, and you're kind of like, man, this is like... But you once you realize that there's another, it is movie, part one. You, it's you have it's to kinda, up yeah. here, like okay, yeah. this is a setup movie. It's like, a setup movie we're for sure. Just understanding the setup of what's about yeah. to happen. So that guy, the way with which he directs things, the atmosphere that he builds, the soundtrack that he always builds into the movies, like the sense of like dread and anxiety that he can induce into a movie, and the visual palette with which he works with is totally and utterly unique. And I think. The what he's doing with big budgets too, I think, is the craziest thing. Is like he's, it's almost like the practical effects and stuff that he uses are stuff that you would see someone do with like a smaller budget sci-fi movie, but he's doing it with like two hundred million dollars right. for a giant popcorn, you know, Hollywood sci-fi movie. Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I think, is fucking amazing. I could not recommend it more. And I don't think you necessarily have to have seen Blade Runner the first one to enjoy the second one. It would add to the experience probably, but you don't have to have that movie. I think in terms of like, have you ever heard of like the cyberpunk genre yeah. of sci-fi? Yeah, that movie is like cyberpunk one hundred and one, where like it's this kind of it's this futuristic world of Earth that is like very dark and dreary and depressing, where we're like simultaneously way- very technologically advanced, but also like. Humanity has clearly suffered a lot, and life is not very enjoyable. It's not like all the technology has led to great things. All these AI movies always like an insufferable world for humans. Like most of the time, it is. At what what point are we going to turn into a movie where it's like, hey, you know, you can still have a bad AI, but the world isn't fucking over already? I do have one movie on here that is like that that I'll get to here in a minute. Ooh, question. Sure. Is Avatar 
an AI movie. Hmm. Because if you think about it, the Avatar might be biologically biologically You're talking about the Avatar bodies that they use, right? Because technically, the Navi bodies, right? It's a biological body, but the intelligence of it comes from a being being technologically like ported in, right? Hmm. I so hadn't really thought about it that way. So would that technically be an AI? Because it's not. Your biolo- well for for the the actual avatar the, the natives that is truly them that is their biological right, right. being the, the but, actual navi yeah right so that to me would be an artificial like you're I mean it's like an artificial intelligence in a biological form which is usually not the way it's presented right so that to me would be like the true artificial intelligence because but. But this time it's the opposite. The artificial part is the being, where the intelligence part is the actual biological part. Interesting. I don't know if I would really consider it AI, but I think that you bring up a good point. Also, directed by James Cameron, same guy who Also, made great fucking so, movies. Fucking great movies. Guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Guy's one of the greatest directors of all Although, time. Although, are we going to get a third one by the time we all die? Or who fucking knows? Is it going to be another 14 years? Yeah, who knows? Hopefully not. I think he's supposedly worked on like one through four or two through four simultaneously or something. If you're who, smart who when knows? you're you have all the actors and actresses <laughs> and everybody well together, just, just fucking film just it all. It. Yeah. Like, just get yeah. it done. Get and it then done. you can yeah. edit and do all your other right. shit later on. Yeah. Um, okay, so Blade Runner 2049, highly recommend. You ever seen Chappie? Have you heard of that movie? Chappie is um, the one with the Indian. Does it take place in India? No. I mean, it's a yellow robot, right? Or is that- uh, I think he has like yellow on him. He. I've seen wait, it. Which one are I'm, you thinking of? I've seen it, but I thought that maybe I'm... Google it real it. quick and Google a picture I, of it and I, see if that's what you're you're thinking of. So I'll, I'll I'll give a little bit of the setup. So Chappie is directed by the same guy who who directed a movie called Elysium, and well, actually, and District Nine is what he's really Th- known. This for. is why I'm is Dev Patel isn't he the main? Oh, does he voice Chappie? No, he's Dion in the movie. Oh, uh, I don't remember him from the movie too much, but I haven't um, seen Chappie in a while. But look up a picture of Chappie. And let's see. see if that's what you're thinking of. Because he's like, I'll just click the official trailer. There real you quick. go. There's there you no go. volume. Oh, hey, look, YouTube with an ad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's the same director who did District Nine, which is like what he's probably most famous for. And he also did a movie called Elysium with Matt Damon that I I actually liked. That's what Chappie looks like right there. He's like a robot that is mass produced, but he becomes sentient. Um, I think Chappie's a pretty enjoyable movie. It kind of this got, is why I thought you, uh, what I said. That's Dev Patel. Okay, yeah, I don't really remember him in that movie. That's but, why I thought of what I said. Okay, okay, gotcha. Um, and it might be in India. I don't know where it's set. I it's, don't think it I, is. I don't know where the setting of the movie is. It's obviously on Earth somewhere, but um, in a galaxy far, far. Away. Chappie's a pretty fucking cool movie, and I think if you saw District Nine or if you saw Elysium and you liked them check out Chappie because it's a very similar world building and visual palette of a District 9 or an Elysium where it's kind of like this. Again, kind of what I was talking about with Blade Runner 2049, it's not quite as grim, but the world with which he operates, this director for all three of these movies, it's a very like dirty, 
like garbage filled kind of like slum looking world uh, that also features like super advanced technology. Um, Chappie's a pretty cool movie. I've only ever seen it the one time. I think it came out like, I don't know, 2015, 2015 or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a basically about one of these like mass produced robots who's kind of used as like crowd control and like policing who go, who becomes sentient and they start teaching him and he's kind of like a, a kid. So that's kind of the cool twist on it is like they basically, he's sentient, but he's also has like a childlike intellect. So they kind of have to like treat him the same way you would like a human child where, they're obviously sentient and they can think for themselves, but you have to teach them things about the world and explain things to them. And he learns along the way and all this kind of stuff. Right. It's got some good action in it. Um, obviously, you, you've seen Hugh Jackman is actually, um, you know, non-stereotypically, he's the villain in this movie. Um, and he's pretty good in the movie. I like it. But, you know, I think this is set in, like, South Africa. Because I want to say that's where District 9 is set. Um but pretty cool movie. I recommend this. If you like AI stuff, if you like uh, like robot kind of futuristic sci-fi action stuff, um, I think Chappie's a pretty solid movie. It's not like amazing or anything, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, he, th- that guy actually directed um, the Gran Turismo movie that just came out this year. That's like the his first movie in a while. Um, I wasn't super interested in Gran Turismo, but anyway, his previous movies have been pretty cool. So... Recommend Chappie. Um, let's see. What else do I have on here? Oh, have you ever seen the movie Transcendence with Johnny Depp? Sounds familiar, but it's not ringing any bells. So this is a pretty cool movie. Again, not amazing and not the best AI movie ever, but pretty cool. And the whole concept in the movie Transcendence is basically Johnny Depp and his wife and his friends are all some sort of scientists, and he gets I think poisoned or something and he's dying and they basically he talks his wife and his best friend who are both scientists into downloading his consciousness into a digital format into a computer basically and so the AI in this movie is a human consciousness that has been digitized and he then starts doing things that are like kind of godlike powers in terms of he like manipulates the stock market to get them a bunch of money and then he starts like building all this infrastructure and buying up all this infrastructure and then making himself a body and all this kind of stuff it's pretty fucking crazy i think i've seen it but i got really like disengaged so i just like and then i looked back and i'm like i have no fucking clue where i'm at and yeah. turn it off yeah i would recommend revisiting it again it's not like the greatest I I movie it's ever on like netflix but or something it's a pretty I, I think the rationale for watching it my big selling point would be visually it's very awesome to look at like visually right. the uh the imagery the action <laughs> uh the cinematography the guy who directed it is actually a, a former cinematographer who worked with Christopher Nolan on several Christopher Nolan directed movies so like if you imagine sort of the cinematography and visual palette of like The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Inception, things like that, um, that's kind of how Transcendence looks because the same guy shot okay. those movies. So it looks really cool. Johnny Depp's good in it. It's got a cool concept. Uh, your mileage may vary as to like what you think about the ending and the story overall. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. Again, not the greatest one ever, but worth checking out. Um I wanted to just casually mention the Westworld TV show. Um, Westworld was actually a movie first in the 80s, I want to say, based on a Michael Crichton story, the same guy who wrote Jurassic Park and all these like famous sci-fi stories. Um, but the whole idea of Westworld, um, at least the TV show adaption that, that uh, HBO had, was basically a theme park 
So in the future, there's a theme park that rich people can pay to go to, and the inhabitants of the theme park are artificially intelligent robots. And, That's not a theme park I want to go to. And the whole world is like a Western sort of theme. So it's like you go into a Western town, you dress like a cowboy or whatever. You can go into a saloon, you can go to the bank, and you're, everything that you're interacting with is like they're, they're all robots except for the other paying guests who have gone. But they all look exactly like humans, right? And the whole idea of the show Westworld is that these robots start going rogue and acting on their own. Obviously, you know, we've, we've seen this before, the, the whole story of the man versus right. machine. But the show Westworld is fucking great. I think the first two seasons are probably the best. Uh, seasons three and four, again, your mileage may vary on the storyline decisions. Um, but the one thing that kind of bums me out is that was like a flagship show for HBO for several years. And with their whole merger with discovery and all that they've literally like they started auctioning off their shows to other streamers and you can't even westworld's not even on the max platform it's like they sold it to some fucking platform that has ads and peacock like yes well not even peacock some fucking unheard of oh. streaming service and it's just like fubo i think that's some, like maybe TV. something like that but like it's almost like if they did that to game of thrones it's like this is kind of like one of your big flagship this shows it is your big seems kind of disrespectful show. to just be like we're just going to sell this off to a low-level streamer that has ads. Yeah. I don't know. So finding the show Westworld might be a little more difficult now, but if you like this kind of stuff, I would say seek it out. It's definitely really good. Awesome acting, great storyline, for at least for two or three seasons. Right. Uh, it's got Anthony Hopkins, like Ed Harrison, and like fucking great acting. Uh, super cool concept. So Westworld. Um, the one that I mentioned earlier, when you're talking about like why do all of these movies involve the world sucking basically for humans yeah, there's always um, ass. there is a there is an example that i think is a really good ai movie where the world is not a complete hellhole and that's the movie called her and i don't know if i've talked about this movie on this podcast before or told you about it but it's it might be in a movie it's starring joaquin phoenix and the voice of um who plays black widow in the mcu i'm spacing on her name uh johansson scarlett johansson the voice of Scarlett Johansson, and it's directed by Spike Jones, and it's basically th this is probably the most unique movie on this list of movies we've talked about. In that it's there's not any action, it's not like a man versus machine war movie. The world in which it's presented is not this dark, shitty hellhole that like a lot of the worlds and a lot of it's these other always movies that are. Way. It's basically in a genre that I really enjoy, which is like near future. So it's basically our world. Take like a L.A., some sort of city, New York, L.A., whatever. Also, hell go hell. Go about, well, yeah, go about, I don't know, 30 to 50 years into the future or whatever. It Everything pretty much looks the same. People wear a little bit different clothes. They utilize a little bit different technology. The colors in the world are very bright and sort of like happy looking. But in this world, there's a... Uh, the, it's it's based on the story of Joaquin Phoenix's character, and there's this sort of like an Apple-like company releases this new product, and it's basically like a personal assistant or a AI buddy that mm. you can like talk to and use for however you see fit or whatever. And it's just basically all voice software generated. There's no body to it, but you put in like this little earpiece, and you can have this conversation with an AI personality. And you can, Who you are you can, talking to? Nobody. And you can, so it's kind of like, you know, you see people, they walk around. I don't know if the Bluetooth headsets are like as big as they used to be. Well, I mean, AirPods are Bluetooth. AirPods, there you go. It's like someone walking around with like a little Bluetooth 
AirPod in their ear and they're having a conversation with someone, but they're not on the phone call with another human. They're talking they're to talking, an AI man. like voice assistant. And basically, Scarlett Johansson. Dude, are you voices, ever going to hang up your fucking phone? Yeah, like, right. I'm not on the phone. <laughs> I'm not on the phone. I'm talking to my guy. Um, Scarlett Johansson voices the AI like assistant to Joaquin Phoenix's character. And basically, what happens throughout the course of the movie is it's a love story between this human and this AI like software generated voice. Mm. And. This is a fucking beautiful movie and a really, really, really good movie. And it kind of flew under the radar a little bit. It came out in 2013. I really thoroughly enjoy this movie. It's very quiet and low-key. And it's more of a drama and like a love story than it is anything else. But it's a relationship between a guy and a basically a super advanced Siri sort of AI. Um, I highly recommend it. It's very, very good. Um, the last movie that I wanted to talk about, which is like maybe my f- favorite AI movie that's at least come out in the last 10 to 15 years, Ex Machina. Have you seen Ex Machina? I got disinterested in it after like 30 minutes. What? Yeah, and I just was like, uh, I'll Dude, finish it later. Are you serious? Yeah. <sighs> that that upsets me greatly. Um, So you kind of know the setup, but for anyone who yeah. hasn't seen it, the setup is... There's a guy who works for some big tech company who wins basically like an internal company-wide competition to see who can win this coding competition and get a chance to go spend time with the founder and CEO of the company who started the company and is this like big sort of Steve Steve Jobs-like figure that everyone in that world worships, right? So he wins this competition, flies out on this like private helicopter ride to to this guy's... (laughs) to this guy's residence and this dude's obviously a super baller he's a mega billionaire started some sort of apple like company or google like company and he gets there and he basically finds out that this guy has brought him there to be the human component in a turing test and you and i talked about this when we did one of our last ai discussions but the turing test is an idea from alan turing the inventor of the computer basically who was was saying like the test of true artificial intelligence would be if a human could sit down and have a conversation with a computer and not realize they were having a conversation with a computer and thinking they're talking to an actual real-life human being. That would pass the Turing test. So this guy has been brought there to be the human component in a Turing test, and the CEO of this company goes on to explain that he's basically created an AI and he wants this guy to sit down and talk to this AI and tell him if he's created an artificially intelligent sentient being. And it's a very like small set, uh, very like small cast, only two or three main actors and actresses in the movie. And it's all set within like a very small compound in this guy's house, very atmospheric sort of thriller like movie. And this guy basically without giving too much away, has to like sit down and have these recurring conversations and he finds out more about this kind of paranoid, weird, brilliant guy who has created this robot and he's talking to this robot who is this female character portrayed by Alicia Vikander, I think is her name. And the appearance of the robot in that movie is one of the coolest appearances of a robot that I've ever seen because she's got this like very clearly visible robot-like exoskeleton with like this clear glass skin yeah, that you can I've see seen, inside. Uh, yeah. And then she's got like 
skin like a soft female face. like a soft skin like female face with eyes and stuff over her robot exoskeleton to sort of give her this human-like appearance and it's very unsettling and unusual to see something like that and so this guy has to knowing full well he's talking to a robot throughout the course of the movie she starts to try and like manipulate him and she's basically trapped there she's in a sort of like prison by the right. guy who created her and she's trying to basically convince this human, this guy that's been brought there to to like release her, basically. Let me be. And free. so, without saying too much more about the movie, because I don't want to spoil anything, but that movie I think is but one of the on a mass best murdering spree and kills everyone. Sci-fi and best AI movies that has come out in the last fifteen to twenty years. I fucking love that movie. It's so good. I'll have to give it another go. But yeah, I like lost interest. I don't know. I think something else was going on. Probably like NHL playoffs or something. Yeah. I was watching. Well, so you can't. Like, yeah, you can't be watching it if like the Broncos are on or the Avs are. Playing oh yeah, I, I don't. Like, I won't watch it. But like last night, I was watching Breaking Bad, yeah. and I went on my phone and I was like, "Oh shit, USC Arizona are going to overtime." So I was like. Pause. Let's go to this, <laughs> and then I like watch full overtime. I'm like, do I need to restart my Breaking Bad episode? I was like, no, I got eight minutes left. We're good. Like, <laughs> well, sometime when you're not distracted by something else, give Ex Machina a chance. It's maybe out of any of the movies we've talked about, the one that I recommend the most in terms of an AI movie. I, I highly recommend. I'll watch watching tomorrow it. during work. I think it's one of the best <laughs> sci-fi AI movies that's come out in the last fifteen or twenty years. It's fucking amazing. It's great. Right. Oscar Isaac. I think his his name's Donald Gleason. Uh, he actually was fucking General Hux in the Star Wars sequels. Uh, Same guy. Yeah. And then Alicia Vikander's been in a whole bunch of shit, too. She's fantastic as the robot. But, dude, that movie. That movie's Yeah, I'll give good. it a go. Yeah. Um, that guy, actually, who directed that movie, Alex Garland, has made a movie called Annihilation, which is another favorite sci-fi movie of mine. It doesn't have to do with artificial intelligence, but it's it's very clearly a sci-fi movie. And then he also made a show on FX on Hulu called Devs which is one of the um, pop culture items that I used in our discussion about quantum mechanics and the many worlds theory. So if you want to go big brain, if you like Matrix-related stuff and AI and all these like sort of philosophical explorations of like simulation theory and what is our purpose and time travel and you know, are there many worlds, also check out Devs, the TV show. I highly recommend that one as well. So. Anything else you can think of? Any other AI movies that we didn't talk Just about? Just an AI role that I enjoy is the bartender on Passengers. Oh, yeah. Good call. He, he's, good uh, call. I know it's the, the, the movie's obviously not AI-based, but he's yeah. a very good example of an AI that yeah. when you were first introduced to him, you're kind of like, wait, why the fuck would they just leave a bartender alive? And they're like, ah. <laughs> oh, I get it. He's I get a it. robot. He's a robot. Yeah. yeah. But that is a very good, because he'll carry on intellectual conversations with them. Yeah. And yeah. They both will grow attached to him. And, uh-huh. um, and that's, that's just a nice little role, but yeah. it's not an AI-based movie. Well, and like throughout the course of that movie, too, because of the situation that they're both in, that's really their only, that's the closest human connection they have other than each other. Right. It's talking to this, you know, sort of simulated human-like robot. Um, And that's kind of a lot of what my favorite interpretations of AI are, like in Blade Runner and stuff like that. Like the replicants is what they call them in Blade Runner, are these human-like robots. But in that world, all of the... Especially in Blade Runner 2049, and that's kind of what I like about that movie, is between the events of the original Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, the replicants detonated an EMP over a large city on earth and so now it's a world that is trying to come back from this technological sort of reset 
and all of the humans in the world fucking despise replicants. They treat them as like these, you know, subhuman. They spit on them as they walk by, like they spray paint nasty vulgar shit over their doors when these replicants live in apartments and stuff like that. And like Ryan Gosling's character in Blade Runner 2049 he he is a replicant, and his whole job is to work for the police and hunt down other replicants. Mm. Very very interesting Traitor. sort of philosophical movie about like you know what it means to be sentient and all this kind of stuff. So <clears throat> highly recommend that one. But I just had a thought, and it just escaped me about AI. Yeah, it was going to be a question about it, but now I can't think of it. All right, well we can always do another episode on it. Oh, okay, now I remembered it. <laughs> that didn't take long. Um, so, I don't know if you've seen, but Chipotle now is has created a s- robot that's not a robot. So, would you consider a machine doing a job a robot? Even like, because in a lot of people's minds right now, a robot is like a human, a humanoid looking uh, thing, right? That that's what people will believe a robot is. But do you believe a robot to just be a machine that does a job? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay, so Chipotle, same same thing of like what Ford or some company right, uses just to an automated cars, an automated assembly line. Yeah, yeah. So Chipotle has now done that for a for their burrito bowls in certain locations. Really, which I means seen this. they are releasing workers because now this thing it like takes a bowl underneath the. Um, like a sem- the, the burrito line, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and it makes your burrito bowl for you. What? I haven't seen this. Yeah, it, I don't think it's like it's like in one or two stores right now. They're I was actually at Chipotle last night. No, no robots in the line. Yeah, so. <laughs> but like look it up because I saw that and I'm like, great. Now I'm gonna really get gypped on rice and beans. Oh yeah, it's gonna be like perfectly imagine measured, trying to have the conversation of, uh, hey, can I get a little more chicken with a fucking robot? It's like, <laughs> and you just get a bowl of chicken. You're like, <laughs> you're like what the well, fuck? I guess it did listen to me. I did get more chicken. They're like, but I asked for cheese, and they're like, yeah, it's like one grain or like one string. Then you of get cheese. charged $50 for your fucking burrito bowl because you have $50 worth of chicken in your fucking bowl. Like, that was the robot's fault that fucked up. They're like, our robot is perfect. It never makes mistakes. I'm like, yeah, go fuck your robot. <laughs> Asshole. No, I haven't, I haven't seen that. That's pretty wild. Just though. look it up. But okay. my, my thing would just be. I wanted to kind of think, do you believe, because like I said, people believe robots are just like, like you said, humanoid looking beings. Do you think a robot is just something that can do a job? Yeah, that's what, that's 100%. what I think. Like, well, there's a lot I, I of that. I think computers are considered like I would consider a computer a robot because yeah, it yeah. does what I tell it to and it can do a lot of things. Well, I think, you know, there's plenty of robotics examples in our world already today. Like the prime example would be any automotive factory well, probably is any factory that makes anything basically run by mostly right. robots that are assembling all of these different mechanical parts like those are robots performing those jobs right you know whether they look like a humanoid thing or not is it kind of irrelevant it's still right. a robot yeah i just figured i'd bring that up that's interesting yeah but no that's about it i was gonna say i think we covered it we talked about a lot of good movies what do we yeah, want? We do. Well, you need to go see the creator, and then we can talk. We can do an episode on the creator because I would love to get more into the actual spoiler territory of that movie. Because again, I, I to echo kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, um, the creator's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It just was a little underwhelming, and I think in terms of the hype that you and I had for it, yeah, it looked. I, I, I mean, wanted the, it to be better than it's it was. one of those movies. Where you watch the preview and you're like, holy shit, this is going to be great. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, man. 
Well, and it's it has a couple of things, and Caleb and I talked about this. It has a couple of things in that movie that are really, really cool and I've never really seen in a sci-fi movie before. And I don't want to talk about them without getting into spoiler territory, so that's why you should go see it and we should do an episode on it because there's a couple of moments that I want to ask you about of like what you thought and how cool it was. And it's it was super unique and stuff that I had never really seen done before. Works for me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's <clears throat> if you liked Rogue One, if you like Godzilla, I think you're going to enjoy the creator. And if you like AI movies and sci-fi movies... That movie is for you, for sure. I'll take a look. All righty. You want to wrap up? Are we good? Anything yeah. Else? Any, um, any lasting thoughts? No, not that I can think of. We'll think of something uh, to talk about. I don't, I don't think either of us have any ideas yet. Yeah, nothing really on the, the docket. Of the head. So we'll think of something, and then we'll be probably be back next week with another episode. Um, but, yeah, I can't think of anything right now. So we'll make it interesting. You'll have to tune in next week. Yeah. Mystery episode. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll title it. Mystery episode. Mystery episode, yeah. And then it'll just be me talking about how Cortland Sutton fumbled today. <laughs> I was going to say, how much time do we got till the Broncos game? It's coming up here soon. 20 minutes. Yeah. So now will be a good time to wrap up so Matt can get prepared to scream at his TV for the next two or three hours. Yep. <laughs> all right. Be let down again. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate all the support. Um, yeah, go check us out on all the socials. Visit the Podbean page, the Facebook page. Um, send us in your ideas of stuff you want us to talk about or cover more, and we'll talk about it next on the podcast. But until then, we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.